Welcome to the Roadmap to One Million podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Zeal, and if you're looking for the high-level strategies and stories behind building a seven-figure product brand, then you're in the right place. On this show, we'll uncover the advanced strategies, stories, and secrets that you need to know in order to take your e-commerce brand to the next level. Are you ready to uncover your Roadmap to One Million? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome to the Roadmap to One Million podcast. My name is Stacy, and I am super excited for you to be here because we have an awesome interview today, y'all. I am bringing on someone who is literally going to change the world and like mark my words, mark this date. Like when we fast forward a couple of years, the world is going to be changed. And I'm super excited to be um, to have her as a client of mine. And so today it's a little bit different than in some of our other episodes. I've done started to do some kind of founder spotlights. I want y'all to hear from my clients. I want y'all to hear from people who are actually really doing great things, just like you are out there and hear more about their journey and their struggles and all the things that they're going through so that we can really start to understand that as a collective, when we work together, when we share our stories, when we um, just like, you know, listen to each other's stories, we can learn so, so much and it can really help us on our journey. So today... We are talking to Iris Nevins. She is the co-founder and CEO of Umbadima, which is a company operating at the intersection of technology, community, and education. Iris is a former social studies teacher and grassroots community organizer who became a software engineer after realizing that tech could be used to solve large-scale problems for society. She has worked with companies like MailChimp and Vox and does project management consulting. So welcome to Roadmap to One Million. Iris, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to be a guest on your podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, I literally think that we are going to have such a great conversation today. Um, and I know what you do. I know all the amazing things that you're up to. But tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and what um, Umadima really stands for. Yeah. So I am originally from Miami, Florida, born and raised. My parents are Jamaican immigrants, both of them. And um, I I went to college in Los Angeles. I went to Pomona College, which is a small liberal arts school, um, studied economics for the first three years, and then switched my major at the last minute to Black Studies, which is now called Africana Studies. Um, which was a great look at like the history of basically politics, economics, psychology, media, like a cross section of topics as they relate to the African diaspora. Um, and so that was a really great experience. Uh, post-college, I um, took a second to find my footing, but eventually I went into teaching, became a middle and high school social studies. And I was um, active in the movement for Black Lives, um, and uh, in in South Florida, shortly after Trayvon Martin was killed, there was like a, a a big kind of movement that had spun up in South Florida. So I was very involved in that, and realized while, while doing that work that whilst my peers were very passionate, including myself. We we're very passionate about the work that we were doing. Um, I, I realized that we were lacking a lot of practical skill sets, um, practical skill sets that allow you to effectively run organizations and campaigns and things like that. And so um, technology being one of them. So I decided to uh, go to a coding bootcamp and become a software engineer and uh, got my first job at MailChimp. 
after about three years of that, I became a manager. And so I've been doing software engineering management ever since. And in the midst of all of that, I launched my company, Umbadaima, which um, we are focused on building digital communities. Um, think of a community as instead of it being like a physical um, physical border that determines a community, uh, nowadays community really means a group of people that share similar interests or similar values or similar goals. Um, and they come together and interact to really kind of aid each other along this journey um, that we call life or whatever goal they're trying to reach. And so um, our first community, it was called Black NFT Art, and it was focused on Black creators, helping them learn how to monetize their art as NFTs. Um, the name Umbadaima means create forever. And so we started off very much wanting to work with creators around um, uh, helping them leverage technology. But since then, we've actually expanded and decided to focus on launching additional communities that expand on the original vision. So our next community is called Tech Misfits, and it's focused on digital literacy for everyday professionals, um, helping them learn how to innovate and solve problems using technology. So yeah, that's that's me. Yeah, I love that you went from one being a teacher and then realizing that, and then, you know, fast forwarding to all that was going on with Trayvon Martin and realizing that we, while we have this big voice and we have this big vision of changing the world, we really need to make sure that we have these practical skills like technology, um, because it really does to help you to advance whatever you're doing, to advance whatever it is that you're doing, whether that's a business, whether that is, you know, a, a mission or a vision or a nonprofit, whatever it is, you're going to have to start to leverage technology to be able to help you to succeed in this world. And I think, you know, we talk about a lot about marketing on this podcast and we're going to talk about marketing today as well. But on the, you know, on the larger scheme of things, it's like when you're thinking about how you can add more ease and impact into your life and into your business, because it's like, it's not, it's, it's, we want to have the impact. We want to be able to stand on this grand stage, but we also want to be able to live our lives. We also want to make sure that we do things efficiently. We also want to make sure that, you know, we create environments for people and our employees that allows them to do their job, but still also maintain their work-life balance and whatever that kind of looks like for you. So I love the mission that you're on. Um, and so we're going to talk a lot about Tech Misfits today because that's what we talk, that's what we've been primarily focusing on with our Facebook ad strategy and the things that we're doing. So tell me a little bit more about Tech Misfits and why it's so important to address digital literacy on a larger scale. Yeah, I um, I love that question. And this is something I'm really passionate about. Um, you know, when I... When I joined the tech industry, when I became a software engineer and I started working on MailChimp, it was a life-changing experience from, yes, the perspective that I was learning how to code and I was getting like hands-on mentorship to actually code and an enterprise um, case, but I was able to actually see how they ran this company, this tech company. And it was just so amazing, especially within the engineering department, how many systems they had set up and how much they had automated everything from HR to 
weekly meetings to reviews, peer reviews, like performance reviews. I mean, it was just like every little thing had some sort of tech component behind it that made it just fast, efficient, easy. And I'm here thinking to myself, wow, like we were the tech, the, the engineering department compared to the other departments just within that company, we were just so efficient. Um, and people were constantly introducing new tech that we would use for, you know, even when we when we had to go remote um, for the pandemic. I mean, we used to use these like we used to play games online. We, you know, would have these like massive meetings where and we would have like these voting systems so that people could, you know, submit um, submit uh, questions and then people could vote on the questions. And it was just so much efficiency at every level. And I was like, wow, um, that really had an impact on me. And so moving forward, I have become very, what I call tech-minded, which means if I have a problem, it's very easy for me to think of a solution that involves technology and figure out how to find that solution, set it up, um, customize it, and then use it. Um, and I think that process of like knowing how to do that is going to become it's already really important and it's going to become more and more important um because because really everything at this point is about competition like we're all competing against other professionals for jobs if you're a business owner you're competing with other businesses for customers right so how do you make yourself more competitive you have to figure out how to increase your efficiency increase your effectiveness and, and technology is a great way to do this because it's cheaper than paying a person, right? And so I think that, um, I think when you look at the numbers, um, women, people of color, people in low, in, um, low income or quote unquote developing nations, um, the elderly, right? There are very specific demographics of people that are taking long, the longest to really kind of adapt and figure out how to use technology in, in, in these innovative ways to solve their problems. And what's going to happen is that over time, especially with AI and all of these, you know, more advancements, if, if these populations don't really figure out how to get up to speed, they're going to get left behind. And that wage, um, that gap is going to actually widen. And so, um, and so, yeah, we're, we're really passionate about solving that problem. And it's really exciting because tech is actually really fun. And I think also once you start learning how to use technology in that way, you start to come up with ideas um, for new technology. And I think that's what will also inspire more people to start creating their own, their own tech. Are you a CEO with an amazing one-to-many offer who's tired of creating endless amounts of content that is not helping you hit your high revenue goals? Well, look no further than Maximize with Ads. Maximize with Ads is designed to help you exponentially increase your sales, rapidly grow your visibility, and gain your time back by leveraging the power of Facebook and Instagram ads. From developing a, a scalable Facebook ad strategy, to setting up your tech, to targeting the right audiences, and creating irresistible ads, we've got you covered. Plus, our private support community is always available to answer your questions and provide personalized feedback. 
If you're ready to stop spending all your valuable CEO time creating endless amounts of content and start executing a leveraged strategy that allows you to travel the world, pay for private school, or start living the life you started your business to live in the first place, then head over to MaximizeWithAds.com to enroll. Visit MaximizeWithAds.com to learn more and get started today. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Yeah, I love all that you're saying. And it, and it's like one of the kind of themes that I pull out of it is when we want to have a large impact and we want to, be, in order to have the big impact that you want to have, in order to be able to solve the problem of digital literacy and to bring all of these different communities up to speed so that they can compete, so that they can you know create and live the lives that they want to live and that they can also be innovative and, and understand you know, what kind of ways that they can impact the world. In order to do that, we have to start to get ourselves on a larger stage um, because it's great to impact the people that surround us and it's great to impact the people that we see every day. And that's important and stuff that we could definitely have to do. But if we want to be able to impact the world, if we want to be able to impact hundreds of thousands and, and you know hundreds of thousands of more people, we have to be able to take our business to a larger stage. And we have to be able to step into and lean into, I would say, strategies and technologies and specifically thinking about marketing and business, leaning into strategies that are leveraged, that are predictable, that are long-term, that, that give you a big payoff and something that you can actually scale and something that you can actually really kind of see results from. Um, and you can track that back to data. And so I want to start to talk about things that we've done together with marketing and, and specifically with Facebook ads. And when we're thinking about before we started running Facebook ads, I want you to kind of think back to then, like what were some of the major pain points and challenges that you faced before we started running ads when it comes to building Tech Misfits community and being able to have the bigger impact that you want to, that you want to have? Yeah. So, you know, when we first, when we first started Tech Misfits, our audience naturally is very tech focused. My natural audience is engineers, you know, engineering managers, right? There are some folks from like college and high school that I grew up with, but on a professional sense, most of it is actually people who work in tech. And, um, and also being in the web three world, a lot of it was people that were in web three as well. And so when we first started marketing, um, we were just using like social media platforms, primarily Twitter, Instagram a little bit. Um, and what we found was that we were getting a lot of um, our media network, uh, you know, of course, like most of them supported and signed up very quickly. Once we got through that immediate network, then it was like, who else? We use like interesting tactics on Twitter to really push the push the project out there, but we were getting a lot of like random people, a lot of people from overseas who, and it's not to say we don't want people from overseas because we absolutely do, but you, we had no data on who these people were, like what their interests are or why they're signing up. And it seemed as though some of it could have been like, could have been bots like it could have been like I don't know it was just it was just really kind of all over the place and so um I think that I think that when when we realized that we had kind of tapped out 
about the, the Twitter social media strategy and that that just wasn't really working for us. Um, I think that what was appealing about working with you was the ability to really target certain um, certain kinds of people, the ability to really test and figure out if the if the messaging is really kind of attracting the type of people that we want um, and to really have like true data. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's been a journey. I mean, we've done so much testing over the last like what, six or seven or eight months. Um, but it's been, it's been very, very interesting. Yeah. I, those, those things are just like, so spot on to what I think a lot of, um, entrepreneurs out there listening can relate to in a sense that when you think about how these social platforms are structured and I'm gonna go a little, um, techie since we talk about technology today, but like, if you think about how Facebook algorithm is structured, their organic algorithm is, is designed to show you content of people that you're connected to. And so, and that's how a lot of these other social networks are, except for TikTok being, being somewhat of an exception. Um, but the goal is for them to show you content that you are through, through someone that you're connected to. And so the problem with that is that you only start to attract people who are who have similar interests or people who have similar connections to you. You can't really start to break past people who are on the other side of the planet, who are on the other side of the country, who are even on the other side of the state, who are not, you know, connected to the same people that you're connected to. There's a whole lot of people out there that are just not hearing about your message only because they're not connected to you by, um, by a friend of a friend of a friend on Facebook. Um, and so I love that you mentioned that, you know, yeah, you start with trying to reach your existing audience and get those people on board. And those are, uh, it's a great way to get a lot of, you know, to build momentum. But if you're thinking about on the larger scale of things, you have to start to reach beyond your existing audience. You have to start to reach beyond people who know you through a friend of a friend. And you also mentioned that you were getting random people coming and joining the waitlist. So we were, um, for, for a little context, with Tech Misfits here, and we're, we're growing our waitlist right now. Um, and so we are doing a lot of pre-marketing where we're at. We're trying to, we're getting people on board with the mission. We're telling people about it. And so people are discovering us. And so we it's important that the people that we get on our wait list are very actually are very qualified and ready to actually when the app launches they are actually ready to buy and they're ready to jump on um so if you have an app or if you have a, some kind of startup or a SaaS or something you you can you know you can kind of relate to that where it's like if you have a new feature rolling out you have a new program rolling out you're really kind of doing a pre-sale or a pre-launch um and so we want to make sure that we get the right people in there we don't just need every tom dick and harry right we want every people who are on this list to be to be like yes i actually am interested interested in joining the app when it comes out because that's the that's the ultimate metric right there um and then you also mentioned that we couldn't test right so we couldn't actually really run any clean tests on organic social right like you know will something go viral sure but virality is something that's so up and down it's not predictable i don't care how many people tell you that they can give you the formula for something to go viral they cannot <laughs> right like things go viral because things go viral um uh, and so so many things i think um a lot of our CEOs out there can relate to is when you're trying to expand your audience, you're trying to expand your visibility, you're trying to impact more people, you kind of get stuck within these walls and the constraints of these social algorithms. But then when you start to execute advertising and you start to actually say, hey, I'll play your game and I'll pay you this money so that I can reach beyond the people that you want me to connect to, then you really start to elevate. So how has Facebook ads helped you to elevate the marketing and elevate your business as a whole when we when it comes to tech misfits. 
Yeah, I, I mean, one, I, I feel like we've been able to get a lot more, um, the people that are joining the wait list are a lot more interested and a lot more engaged. Um, one of the issues we had with like Twitter promotion was that um, th there seemed to be like bots that were signing up for, for the wait list. And we haven't had any of those kinds of issues um, since we've been using ads. Um, but also I think that it's because we've had to test different types of messaging, it's actually forced us to, I think, drastically improve the messaging and refine our audience. Like, who are we speaking to? Um, what are we actually offering? What are the tangible reasons why someone would want to sign up for this? Um, I think the process of creating content to run these ads has really forced us to think to think a lot deeper. And to be honest, I would say a lot of the a lot of the the things that we've learned from running the ads has actually led to changing our website and changing um, our like uh, email um, onboarding process. I mean, all of the messaging across the board has been adapted based on the results of, of, of these ads. Yeah. And, and I think in total now we're at about what, 7,800 7, people. And I think by the time you joined, I think that we had maybe two or 3,000. So, um, so significant increase since then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I love one of the things that you mentioned is that the engage, that the audience is more engaged uh, because it is like, you know, when you are reaching people who have a specific interest in what you are trying to tell, what you're trying to sell them, or what you're trying to get them to do, they naturally become more engaged because they want to have, because they're already interested. They're already showing you, I'm interested in content marketing, or I'm interested in podcasting, or I'm interested in technology, right? So these people already have an interest to what you are trying to trying to get them to do. And so when you're targeting them with advertising, you can actually see like, is this message resonating or is it that message resonating? And it's, you know, and it could be something as simple as changing headlines. Um, things that we've learned is that people love to see Iris's face, even though she wanted to argue me down on this, they love to see her face. And so these are things that we take and we learn and we can apply them to our organic presence, to our emails, to the website, to other things that you do, because you're getting that real-time data. You're actually putting stuff out there and saying, you know, saying like, here's the creative, here's the messaging. Are you resonating with this? If you are resonating with this, what can I learn from this? How can I do this better? Um, and, you know, just creating all these different iterations of creative and testing different things for sure. They're just making sure that you're building an audience and you're building an email list of people who are actually engaged in your actual subject, not people who are just, you know, they stumbled upon your post on Twitter or they stumbled upon your on your post because their friend who happens to be your cousin who shares all of your things, you know, shared your post onto their page. And now their friends are coming over and looking at what you're doing, but they're not actually qualified and they don't have any kind of interest in what you're doing. They just are supporting their friends, right? And so this is how like social kinds of works. But when you start to actually invest money in advertising, you can actually say, hey, Facebook, I want you to show this to people who are interested in technology or even going even deeper. I want you to show this to people who are who are 
interested in diversity in technology and being a part of that kind of mission. So I love all the things that you mentioned and that it helped to really kind of influence the website and all of the different things that that, that you're doing. And I love that we are over our goal of the wait list and we're, we've, we've had to, we've had to, uh, to increase our goal. Cause I remember when we first started, we were trying to get five and now we're like, okay, we blew that through the water. Now we're like, let's, you know, let's get to these bigger numbers that we have. Um, because now we're starting to see like, as we're investing in advertising is accelerating our growth. We're reaching, we're reaching way more people than we ever could. If we stood on a stage, way more people than we ever could. If we, you know, just like relied on only the people who were or currently on our list telling their friends and stuff like that. So I, I love all of that. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about why did you decide to work with us specifically? What was it? And then we've had, um, it's funny y'all, like relationships, let me tell you, relationship building and marketing, there's no way that you can beat that in business because we connected when we both were trying to get into tech. So before I was working at Zappos and before she was working at MailChimp, we were both just like, I'm just trying to get into tech, <laughs> period, right? We weren't even talking about creating apps and companies and all that kind of stuff. I'm just was like, I'm trying to get in there. Um, and I love like when you were saying earlier, how when you are in that kind of environment, not only do you get to like participate in growing the brand, but you get to see how the brand actually operates and how the actual business, what the behind the scenes looks like, like who's on the team, who do we need, who's doing what, what kind of policies, what kind of structures do we have in place? So I definitely can relate to that. Um, but so we met back before we got into technology. So fast forward, you know, just, you know, going through life and living life and different jobs and all the things. And then we get to a point where we're like, yeah, we might actually have an opportunity to work together. What made you um, decide to come work with us? Yeah, I, okay. If I'm being completely honest, I don't fully remember the story, <laughs> but what I do remember um, is that I, you know, it was around the time that we were, we had been working on Tech Misfits for a little month, a couple months, like developing the strategy. We had just gotten a grant to be able to start funding some more um, active work. And I um, and I was building a team of, of people to help with like marketing and partnerships and, and different things. And I think that I had seen, um, I think that I had seen you post a couple times about your business and your services and ads and so forth. And I remember being like, hmm, I, you know, I just wasn't really sure if this was the right strategy because um, in the beginning we were really just selling, all the memberships were gonna be NFTs. And the messaging was very heavy on NFTs. We've completely changed that now. It's not NFT based. You can sign up through regular subscription and we'll have a very small percentage of memberships that will be tied to like a, a, a cute like NFT collection. But that's no longer like the selling point. Um, but at that time, it was like, okay, we're selling this NFT collection that's tied to this app. You know, is it like, is it going to be weird if we're running ads talking about NFTs? Um and so I was very hesitant, but I, you know, if, if I recall, I think that we connect, like I reached out and that I was trying to find like a marketer. Um, and I think we had a conversation and you really kind of, you really kind of sold me on ads being like a, 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 
a really effective strategy. I had also seen like criticisms of Facebook ads and how they don't really work anymore and you waste all your money. And, you know, there's a lot of like anti-Facebook, Instagram ad people out there. Usually they're trying to sell some other strategy. And so, you know, I I, I was pretty skeptical, but I think um, after reaching out and talking to you, you were able to convince me that this is actually a very good a very good way to go. And again, it allowed us to refine our messaging um, and improve our messaging drastically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So how has using paid ads for your business impacted things outside of business, like your personal life or anything like that? Um, that's, in, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, outside of business. I think about like one of the things, and just to give you a little context, when I'm thinking about it, it's more so like when I started, so for me, like I started running ads for my own business just very recently because I was so focused on my clients that I wasn't running ads for my own business. Um, but when I think about when I started running ads and now every time I check my marketing numbers, I see my numbers are increasing. It actually makes me feel really good. Um, because there was a long time when I was doing a lot of marketing, posting on social, doing this, doing that. And it didn't feel like the effort that I was putting in, there was actually an output coming from it. Um, but now when I see ads, I, I really don't worry about where the next lead in my business is coming from. I know that I'm consistently getting my message in front of new people and I'm consistently getting, um, new people into my funnel and into my marketing ecosystem while I can focus on doing things like, you know, this podcast and while I can focus on, you know, serving my clients and, ma and making the course even better and all that kind of stuff. It really helps me to have more peace of mind that the things that I'm doing are also getting in front of new people. It's getting, and it actually is building my business. So that's what I mean when I think about um, that kind of question. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the same applies here and that we've been able to, um, it's definitely relieved a lot of pressure. I would say, um, you know, it has, our team has gone through a lot of transitions and we've had to, um, we've had to lay off some folks, we've had to downsize, um, you know, with the economy and different things going on. We were fundraising and we didn't get to raise as I thought we would. So we had to really scale back in certain parts of the business. And I think that um, ultimately what I found is that the amount of traction we were gaining from ads was actually greater than the amount of traction we were gaining from entire team members that we were paying like full-time salaries. So, it, you know, I think that it has just, it has really kind of put things into perspective and helped us understand, okay, where it makes sense to spend money and where we were maybe not, um, maybe where we were overspending. Um, and, you know, being on a limited budget, I do feel like the ads are one of the most effective places where we, where we spend our money. And there's a lot of data behind kind of what we're getting out of that money. Whereas certain, certain other expenses, like it's not, it's not always fully clear what the value is. Um, I would, put so much more into our ads actually um um and, but i think also the other cool thing is like being able to test on a limited budget um is also really helpful 
And so it means that once we do have a bigger budget, we know exactly what to do with it. And we it'll just kind of supercharge, like turbocharge um, the results. I think also one, one thing that has been really interesting is like you had mentioned, we tested a couple different types of videos, some where it was like just me talking the whole time, some where it was like me and a little bit of graphics. And then I think one where it was just entirely um, graphics, no, no face at all. And it was really interesting that across the board, like people just preferred the video where it was me talking. Um, and so I think that was really a wake up moment as well for me to recognize that it's going to be really powerful. In order to really get this where I want it to be, I have to put my face out there and I have to be the face of the brand, at least in the beginning, um, and maybe have additional people come in and, and, and share their face as well. But like having a face tied to the brand makes a big difference. Um, and I, you know, I'm not someone that necessarily likes to be front and center in that way, um, with my face out there. Cause then you have to like do your hair and do your makeup. And like, I oftentimes just don't feel like doing that, <laughs> but <laughs> so, but it has really kind of, um, put that into perspective and kind of made me kind of wake up to the ways in which I might need to adapt my lifestyle to account for having to be on camera more and put my face out there more. Yeah. I love that. I love that that is a learning because it's something that I hadn't even really been able to fully put into words until you just said it, because it's like, I always talk about like, you know, increased visibility. And so it's so important. Um, but you know, you got the data point that if I want to build this mission, if I got to get people, if I want to get people to buy into this mission, that I need to be the one telling them to, to, to come onto the mission. I need to be the one personally inviting them. Um, and people are going to connect with people. That's kind of the space that we're in with our marketing now, right? Like, you know, people are connecting with other people and we're seeing ads perform really well that are just someone talking. Like I just saw, I was watching it. I saw an ad yesterday. This guy was just walking around. Like he was just talking and walking around and it was just, it was impactful because it's like, it looks authentic. It looks like it belongs there. It doesn't look like an ad, but also it's someone just talking to their people, right? It's not someone saying like, oh, we need to bring in a whole creative team to figure out how to bring this one campaign to life. It's like, just give me a camera and let me talk to my people. Let me call them in. Um, and so I, I love that. So final question. What is your advice for other CEOs that are on the fence about investing in Facebook ads? What kind of what, what kind of advice would you give them? I would say just start small and try it out. Um, you can start with pretty low budgets. I think we originally started with like $300 monthly budget and we were able to do a good amount of testing. Um, I'm sure you can recommend what is like the absolute bare minimum. Maybe it's less than that. But, you know, you can really learn a lot on a small budget. Um, and I think just trying it out first and getting that data um, is important before you make a definitive, like, yes or no answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely great advice. Uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid to start. A lot of people like that's the the one thing is like I can I can give you the strategies. I can give you the technology. I can tell you how to build ads. But if you don't start you're not going to start to see any results. So this was awesome. I'm so glad we got to talk today. So tell everybody a little bit more about how they can join the Tech Misfits mission and where they can go to connect with you and all the things. Yeah. So um, we would love for you to join us. This community is 
Um, it's not specific to any one demographic, any one race or gender or profession. We're really looking at bringing in people in across the board. And again, we're focused on, on being tech minded. So you don't have to have a tech background or tech skill sets. We're not teaching you how to code, right? <laughs> we're teaching you how to um, really kind of solve problems in these different areas. We have 10 different pillars. Um, there's like health and wellness, there's, um, like productivity, there's like business development. Um, there's, there's a bunch of different pillars that we're focusing on emerging tech as well. So, which includes like 5G, like AI, internet of things, blockchain, um, crypto, like how do you understand all of these different things and how they're, how they may or may not be relevant to you. Um, so if you're interested in that, there's also a networking and like um, component to it as well. There's going to be um, um, relationship building on the app as well as through in-person meetups. My company has done a lot of events and network networking and relationship building is really what we specialize in. And so we've hosted almost 300 events in the last two years. Um, over 30 of those were in person, the rest were all online. And I mean, people have found their, their part, their girlfriends and boyfriends, people have found jobs, people have gotten, you know, major opportunities and partnerships, et cetera, through our ecosystem. So if, uh, if you want to learn more, go to techmisfitsapp.com, um, or look for me, Iris Nevins online, and you, you should quickly be able to find our website and find the Tech Misfits product. Yeah, definitely. And we will have all that information in the show notes also, y'all. So if you go to the show notes, we will have a link to all the things so you can be able to join the wait list for Tech Misfits. Um, if you have seen our ads around, drop us a DM. Let us know if you have seen our ads around. I know some of y'all have seen them for sure. Uh, you probably just didn't know that it was me <laughs> behind it. Um, so thank you so much again for coming on the show and giving us all this great information. Make sure that y'all subscribe to the show. Make sure you're following. And if you thought this episode was great, please leave us a review. Reviews de definitely help the podcast to get out there more. It helps the algorithm show it to more people. So definitely make sure you leave us a review and let us know what you took away from this episode. Uh, thanks again. I will see y'all next week. Bye. OMG, that episode was packed with gems. Are you ready for more? Head over to stacyzeal.co slash podcast to get the show notes and to sign up to get our top five podcast episodes to help you streamline your marketing so you can make this your million dollar year. Head over to stacyzeal.co slash podcast.